It's a pretty common misconception that many young people have, and that is getting married will just be wonderful and it'll solve all of our problems. But um, I think most married folks will assure you marriage is great, but it's not going to fix problems so much as surface some problems. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley, who are in charge of our marriage department here at Focus on the Family. And uh, Greg, I wonder how often you hear this kind of I don't know, super aspirational thing about marriage that it'll be perfect. And it'll solve all of our problems. I think we hear that quite a bit. You know, it can be something like, hey, getting married will um, solve our problem of having sex now. And we feel guilty and full of shame or we've been living together. So getting married will solve that. Pregnancy, it'll solve that. So it's like this idea that as long as we didn't get married, then the guilt, the shame that we felt, it'll be, hmm. you know, dissolved, and we can just keep moving forward and live in happiness forever. Yeah. It, the problem is that fixing a problem as a reason to get married isn't probably the best reason to get married. Yeah. And so even in those those instances, you know, it, that's why it's so important to get some sort of premarital counseling. And it's so important because you also, on the flip side, see a lot of people going, well, once we get married, then I will change those things about this person that really bother me or aren't quite up to par with what I'm hoping, expecting for. And somehow that ring now on our fingers will help me then get really that that spouse I've always dreamed of. And in either way, it just that, that it doesn't work, but yet there's good help available. Well, we're going to hear now a very powerful conversation that uh, Jim Daly and I had with Bill and Vicki Rose, who have an amazing story of God reaching in and restoring their relationship. Um, it was pretty bad in their relationship. In fact, they went through a time of separation. Here now are Bill and Vicki Rose talking to Jim Daly. You two have been married almost 40 years, and that says a lot right there. But there was turmoil. And uh, I guess, Vicki, I want to turn to you and say, uh, what did that turmoil look like? Give us a little taste of what the difficulty was, and then we'll build the story from there. Well, the difficulty leading up to separating, we had two young children, aged one and a half and four at that point, and I was terrified. How would I live alone? How would I raise two children by myself? How would I afford to do anything? How would I raise two children going back to work, which I did? Uh, it just involved a lot of fear. And now, you both grew up in New York, right? In Manhattan? Yes. yes. Uh, Bill, tell me about your background. What was it like growing up there? And you're from a Jewish family. Uh, both of you are from Jewish families. Uh, talk about your environment. What did you know about marriage? How committed were you to the process and to the uh, lifelong commitment? Well, I, I saw my parents had a really good marriage, but... My mom basically did everything to appease my, my, my dad. There were 25 years difference in age. Uh, my dad never got married till he was 55 and had me when he was 56. Uh. Um, so clearly I was never spoiled. Yeah, um, right. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I had a great childhood growing up, and my parents were culturally Jewish. There was no... We never went to temple. As a matter of fact, the only time that I ever went to temple was my dad wanted to take me to a World Series game, which back then occurred during the High Holy Days. And my mother said, the only way he's missing school is you're taking him to temple in the morning. 
So I went to Temple with Dad, and we went to see the Yankees play the Cardinals. So, yeah. And, and what was the highlight of your day that day? Uh, <laughs> Mantle, had a, Mantle had a home run. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh Barney Mantle. Schultz had extra innings to win the game. Oh, man. Now, you are a baseball fanatic. You played, and that is great. That's part of your story. Yes. Um, Vicki, let me hear from you in terms of your childhood and how you were growing up in Manhattan. You kind of hit your stride, and you were in the fashion industry, right? I did. Uh, I Well, I always loved clothes, and so as I went to college, I thought, how, how can I turn that into something I can do for a living? And so I ended up working at Saks Fifth Avenue. Uh, I was there for eight years, starting in the very, you know, starting as a sales girl and working way up to buyer. Which is the goal in that environment, right. isn't it? You both described yourselves as type A people. Uh, what does that look like as we get to know you better? What does type A for Vicky look like? What was your day? Live life to the max. Make every hour count. And I'm always right. <laughs> that's what type a means right? i get it oh. and, and bill how'd you feel about that <laughs> well first of all she was never right <laughs> oh i don't know about that Come okay on. well that was my type a yeah and um um i just uh i guess i like to be in control and i think vicky liked to be in control so we had True. we had two control people in the same environment when you got married, uh, did you ever talk in your premarital days about this? Um, what attracted you to each other? Uh, did you see something that made you think, we could have something really special in this world with each other? Uh, we had none of that. We we had no marriage counseling. We got married back in the dark ages. <laughs> yeah. I, no, you we didn't. were married in 1977, so it's a long time ago. And we didn't talk about any of that. I was afraid. I mean, I didn't even know about any of that. And... We just thought dating was fun and life was fun, and we hung out with all these famous people and went to baseball games and sat in the owner's box, and that seemed like a great life. And that was your kind of goal, wasn't it? Well, I thought if I got married, all these old childhood hurts and emptiness that had built up in my life would just go away. I thought talk, marriage would solve that. Talk about that. What? were you coming into adulthood and marriage with? What was that, what well, many had, people call I'd, baggage, but what? Yeah, it was definitely baggage. I had grown up in a very strict environment in my home. My mother um, was a perfectionist, had anger issues. And then when I was 18, a week before high school graduation, she died. Suddenly I, I felt free in some ways. Huh. And um, But there was an emptiness that started to build, and I didn't know what that was. I we, we didn't, in my family, we didn't know or talk about grieving. Oh. And so back in 1971, there was no cancer care or support groups, at least that we knew about. So that, you know, was just pushed aside and we went on life as usual. Wow. And um, so that was a heavy thing. And oh. I went into marriage thinking everything will be fine once I get married. So I'll have somebody who's going to love me, take care of me. And... Um, that was really all I thought about. In fact, in your book, Every Reason to Leave, you talked about your mom having you get on a scale yeah. and weighing. Yeah, it was part of the New York scene. I think my mother came from a very small town in upstate New York, Elmira. She used to say it was a better place to come from than to go to. <laughs> and she, I think she had a great insecurity now as I look back about being in New York and somewhat of a social scene. And so outward appearance was everything. And so uh. she wanted me to look perfect and be thin and dress. I wasn't allowed out of the house in blue jeans. Wow. Up. 
So that just created a lot of pressure for you. A lot of pressure and a lot of, if the outside's fine, it doesn't matter what the inside is feeling. Because, you know, we weren't allowed to have feelings or cry or be unhappy. Yeah. Aaron, um, family of origin issues seem to dog a lot of people. It just follows us into adulthood. Um, those are often the root causes of marriage problems, aren't they? Absolutely, John. They are constantly surfacing within the therapy room, within counseling sessions, that so often we come into marriage looking for maybe something we didn't get growing up. So if I didn't get connection with my parents or have a primary attachment with my mom or my dad, well, then I'm going to be looking for that deeply and in my spouse. Or if I didn't get affection growing up, well, I'm going to be looking for that. If I didn't get affirmation, I'm going to be looking for that. And it's just recognizing that so often we bring these longings into our marriage and our spouse isn't created to meet that longing at that level and often they'll feel the pull for that and then they resist and so it turns into the cycle or it it really turns into the the dance that we often talk about that couples do so often within our family of origin we learn particular ways of coping or how to handle conflict or maybe someone modeled anger and you know that we learned that anger is a great way to communicate and so we bring that into our marriage and it has a huge impact on the relationship and the great news is is i know firsthand that you can grow first step is becoming aware of what am i bringing to the relationship what did i bring from my family of origin but then is it working Is it working within this relationship? We learned coping mechanisms growing up to deal with whatever was going on in our family of origin, but often we begin realizing those same copings aren't working as an adult in my marriage. You know, we've plenty of times asked each other, okay, so how did your, you know, mom, dad, how did they handle conflict? How did your parents handle anger? How were emotions handled? In those kinds of questions, if it's more in a neutral setting, we're just kind of being curious and we're talking, mm-hmm. it can lead to such really cool insights. Because, you know, one time as Aaron and I were talking about that, it just, it was so crystal clear that like my parents handled conflict very differently than Aaron's parents. And in my family of origin, we, we, you know, we, for the most part, just kind of swept things under the rug and kind of just focused more on the positive stuff. And we didn't really deal with conflict. And that was very different, right, than <laughs> Versus your Versus my family, who everything was out on the table, and not always in a kind way, with lots of energy and lots of emotion. But then we never came back and cleaned it up hmm. and really recognized what are we really feeling. So really anger and intensity is what I learned versus Greg learned something very different. So, of course, you bring that into a marriage and... It was quite um, comical, or not even comical, <laughs> fascinating. And painful. Yeah. Yeah. Painful. But it, but it was yeah. really good, though. The more we talked about that, the more we explored family of origins and just things that happened during childhood, it, it, it one, created an awareness, but also mm-hmm. compassion. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing that irritated me about Erin early in our marriage is that, man, she just brought so much energy and juice to our discussions when we were in conflict that it was overwhelming. Well, I didn't understand. I thought there was something wrong with her, only to really learn, no, that's how my family handled it. Thus, mm. yeah, I, I kind of yeah. do that. Not yeah. that it's right or wrong. It's just that that, that awareness and insight helped us kind of think through well, what 
what do we want our marriage to look like? How will we handle conflict? Yeah. Well, and how do we want to show up individually? Yeah. Because that's not how I wanted to show up, you know, with that intensity. And nor did Greg want to show up not coming to the table for a conflict or for a discussion. But that's why premarital counseling is so relevant. Go in and talk about these things prior to marriage so you can at least be aware mm-hmm. of these things and be shooting for a goal of what do we want? Who do I want to be and what do we want collectively within this brand new marriage? Mm, that's great insight. And uh, let me encourage you to get in touch with Focus on the Family today to follow up on this discussion because uh, we have a number of resources. Two I'd point out. One would be the story from Bill and Vicki about uh, their struggles and God's redemption Uh, in all of that. Uh, The book is available for a gift of any amount. It's called Every Reason to Leave. Donate today to the ministry, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, and we'll send that book out to you. And if you're in a tough spot, we do have marriage counselors here. Um, They'd be happy to do a consultation with you. It's free. It's about 20, 25 minutes long, and it really can shine a light on some of the things you want to talk about and some steps to take action. Um, give us a call if you'd like to schedule one of those consultations, 800, the letter A in the word family, and we'll have details about donating and every reason to leave that book, uh, as well as our counseling team in the episode notes. You'll hear more from Bill and Vicki Rose next time. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the rest of the team here, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. <laughs>